Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Gold Deluxe, How to Get It Just Right. Thank you so much for joining us for another important and insightful conversation. As we think of Goldilocks and as we look at today's conversation, I want you to have in your mind this young girl, Goldilocks, who's trying to get things just right. She wants to make sure her porridge is not too hot or not too cold. She doesn't want the bed she lays down in to be not too hot or not too soft. She, at her young age, knows how to get it just right and how to expect it to be just right. And that is what our guest today does with young people. She is an experienced coach working with children in the K through 12 arena and who's teaching them emotional intelligence and life skills and mental health coping capabilities so that our children get it just right, just like Goldilocks. Trish, welcome. Welcome to Unleash in a Goldilocks. So happy to have you here. I'm I'm really happy to be here. And actually, I work with children as well, but I also work with parents. I coach parents. And the reason for that is because I feel like we as parents, we have a lot of thing that, things that are going on, how we were raised, how, you know, patterns that we developed along the way, and a lot of things that we don't know what we don't know, right? <laughs> I mean, because on my journey, I had been teaching for six and a half years or something by the time we had our first child. And I thought, I'm going to be great at this. This is my wheelhouse. Kids are my thing, right? Um, and then uh, we had our own kids and they had challenges. They had attention challenges and auditory processing. And I mean, just various things that I just, oh, and they were both gifted, which Sounds like a brag, but it's not that, I mean, gifted kids have all kinds of needs that, you know, I didn't necessarily know how to meet on a level of being a mom at home versus at school. <laughs> so I felt like I was doing great with everybody else's kids and failing my own kids. And I think a lot of times as parents, we do feel like we're failing our own kids. So I was on this journey to figure out how to get their needs met, how to help them grow into independent, healthy, successful humans in this crazy world of ours, right? <laughs> I mean, there are, just, there are just so many, you know, and especially with the with the explosion of technology and, and all the life changes, everything that's happened, it's it's just been an interesting road. And it was actually my kids who were just like, mom, I, I really think you need to coach other parents because I have all these friends that are, you know, when they're young adults, I have all these friends that are trying to do this adulting thing. And they just, they don't have any tools. Like they're asking me all the time what to do and, and how to do it, you know, and it was just stuff you raised us with. But it didn't, it didn't start that way. It started with a lot of friction and me feeling like, you know, they're not doing well in school. They're, they're having accidents at school. They're, <laughs> I mean, just, just, you know, all kinds of things that were going on because they were different and the teachers didn't know how to get their needs met. And they were different. And even I didn't know how to get their needs met. So mm -hmm. I, you know, talked to all these professionals. I read all these studies and, and just a whole lot of trial and error <laughs> to figure it out. And, and, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention today, because I 
I've been listening to your podcast. They're lovely, by the way. Thank you for doing what you do, honestly. And um, I was listening to one of the podcasts where the speaker was talking about fear versus love. And we can choose fear or love. And I think a lot of times we choose fear without realizing it. And one of the things that I think is really helpful for us to teach our kids, as well as ourselves, is the (laughs) do-over. You know, like we'll say something that we didn't mean or we'll um, or we'll do something that that wasn't, you know, the best and the best interest. And we realize that after we've done it, because, you know, isn't that life right? We realize that we've made a mistake. And if we can make it safe for each other, give each other grace, I think we have a hard time, especially in this society, I think we have such a hard time giving people grace when we make mistakes. And if we allow them to, or if if we say our sorry, we're sorry ourselves, and we let and we ask for a do over. And I think that's a really important thing to do to give people a chance to do things over. (laughs) Absolutely. So as you're talking, One of the things I do want to mention to the audience is you and I met through Equip Our Kids. I am the chair of the board and you're part of the speaker bureau. So as you're listening to Trish talk, if you, your school, your community needs Trish to come and train parents, coach parents, get involved in your community, feel free to contact her directly or contact us at Equip Our Kids. And we make sure that the community, the school, the parents get the resources. And so happy to share the fact that we are going to be launching a streaming service and Trisha's wisdom and coaching and insights are going to be part of that. And we are extremely excited to bring all of these tools to parents because as you were saying, Trish, we are living in a very polarized time. And nobody is listening to one another and kids are caught in the middle. And for us to be able to change the trajectory and give children a more meaningful life as youth, as they transition into adulthood, parents need to be grounded. Parents need to find that balance. And how are you helping parents find that balance in spite of us living in a polarized world? How do we get parents? to get somewhere in the middle so that they can see perspectives. Because if they don't see perspectives, they're going to shut their kids down. So here's the interesting thing. You know, we're working on social and emotional learning with children at school. And social and emotional learning in a lot of arenas has get gotten a bad rap because they've made it all about the gender thing and who's he, she, or they, or whatever. And and. All that part of social and emotional learning is about acceptance, accepting other people for who they are. And we've just made it so much more complicated. <laughs> and basically, what what we really need to focus on is the part of it, kids recognizing their own emotions and being able to deal with them helps them to become more empathetic. So that's so that's what the idea is. But I work with parents on that because you know what? I find that parents have a hard time giving themselves grace. And when we have a hard time giving ourselves grace, then we have a hard time giving our kids grace. I also find that because we're so harried in our society, what happens is 
we stop listening to each other and it's not intentional. But if we do certain things with our kids and listen, like when a kid comes in from the, from outside or they come in from school or, or they get into your car after school and you're bringing them home instead of saying, hi, how was your day? And they go fine. And you know, go off to something else, right? And they don't really communicate. Whereas if they come in and and you say, hi, great to see you. Huh, you look thoughtful or whatever they look like on their face. And then you're just quiet. They'll start talking. And that's how we find out what's going on with our kids in our lives. And you know who else this works great with? Our partners. Yes. (laughs) And and the thing, I mean, and I had to learn that the hard way. The other thing, the other thing in social and emotional learning that we do with parents is we talk about gratitude and expressing our gratitude, like um, for our partner, things that we think that they, you know, it's part of their role in the family or whatever for them to do anyway. Do you know, after my husband and I just celebrated 38 years of marriage, and he still thanks me for doing the laundry because he knows I don't love it. (laughs) And sometimes he helps with it and, you know, whatever. But most of the time, I'm the one who does the laundry. And I like it that way because I kind of have a system. And when he helps it, you know, I love that he helps and it, you know, shifts my system a little bit. (laughs) Right. So, but the, but the point is, is that, we do just everyday things and that we would do anyway, and we make it a point to thank the other person for doing it. And just that little thing in your relationship makes a huge difference. And it's the same thing with our kids, that we thank them for specific things. Or when we give them compliments, we give them compliments on specific things. We don't say, wow, what a beautiful picture. As you know, a lot of times it's just scribbles, right? <laughs> or or maybe it's beautiful to us because we're their parents, right? But if we just say to them, wow, I really like, I really like this part right here, whatever it is. You want to tell me about that? And they'll tell you a whole story about their picture that you had no idea was going on in there. Because what we're doing is we're teaching people to communicate and we're teaching people to listen. And when they communicate, when they're talking to us and we're talking to them and we're in a space of listening and taking turns and not thinking about what we're going to say next to really be present and create space. Wow, what a difference it made. I mean, I I was working with a family for a while who had 10 children. And when we first started working together, they were all talking at once. And, <laughs> and you know, if I'm louder, then they'll be able to hear me and, you know, that kind of thing. And then... I gave them a a ball to hold and we passed it around. They could only talk if they were holding the ball. And that was a really difficult adjustment for them at first, but they actually started listening to each other. And it was amazing how they just started getting along better because they knew what was going on. And then they started doing things like allowing each other to say, I'm sorry. And, and, and especially if they said, Oh, I, I just, I shouldn't have said it like that. Can I have a do-over? <laughs> and when they would ask for a do-over, the other family members started going, yeah, thanks for apologizing. And, you know, we had to go through mm-hmm. a process of creating that, but just creating space for people to make mistakes and apologize and learn from them and ask for a do-over 
just created a complete shift in their families. And that is precious as you are talking about this and parents having a harder time than children. What I recall is Brene Brown talking about yes. how when shame and fear ride side by side, right? When we are always afraid of what other people are going to think and we are controlling every situation with our family, with our children as parents, then it's rooted in the shame of what we are bringing in and we are putting it on our children. They are not aware of all of this. And neither are we. <laughs> I mean, how many adults would know, how many adults would know, uh, you know, oh, I just said that to my child because deep down, I'm really ashamed about this thing that happened when I was nine. I mean, we're, we're not conscious of that either. So part of what I do with parents is I help parents become conscious about some of these things and just, make small shifts in their communication and small shifts in their routines. And, um, and they're not like big things to have to do. A lot of times people will say, I don't have time. And I'll just be like, how do you not have time to learn how to communicate better with your kids? Because the bottom line is it doesn't take any more time. It just takes a little practice and it can happen in baby steps. And if you're vulnerable and honest with your kids, like, Oh boy, I just blew that. I need to do it over. Guess what? They're going to do the same thing because we're all going to make mistakes. That's part of the human condition. But if we can make it safe, create space for each other and make it safe, give each other grace so we can learn from our mistakes instead of developing that shame. That's, mm -hmm. what, that's what makes a difference. Absolutely. And allowing that allows the children to grow up to be who they are meant to be. And it also allows them to learn because people who don't make mistakes never learn. I mean, the only people who don't make mistakes are people who don't do anything. They're too right. terrified to fail. <laughs> so so they true. don't do anything. And they're living in a constant state of paralysis. And who wants to raise children like that? They're never going to be functional in society. Well, and but I feel like a lot of times we paid that paved that road to hell with our good <laughs> intentions, right? Because we do a lot of things for our children, we don't allow them to develop the in, the independence that they need. I mean, our job as parents is to work ourselves out of a job. But when our, we're raising our kids in this society, it gives us purpose. And a lot of people have a really hard time letting go of that purpose. So when their kids grow up and get married, they have a really hard time letting that go and allowing their children to have that relationship. And it's it's really important for us to allow our kids because when, I mean, because we had a tumultuous beginning with our kids. I mean, that's what sent me on the road. We had this, or I had this just nightmarish experience with our seven-year-old at the time. I mean, now she's grown up, but at the time she was seven and, you know, she, she was just really talking back to me, being disrespectful. I warned her, you know, you, you better stop what, anyway, we ended up getting in a rustle. She, and she jumped onto the floor, happened to be on my foot, landed on her back. She ended up with a bruise on her back. And I thought that was, that was my 
I mean, I lost it. That was my immature behavior. So, so I, I mean, it was just like, it, to me, it was just as bad as if I'd, uh, you know, majorly hit her and bruised her. Right. And even though that's not what happened, it was horrible. <laughs> and I thought, I've got to figure out how to raise these kids who have attention if, issues and the older one had a really short fuse and she partly because she was really bright and frustrated and people didn't listen to her she felt like people didn't listen to her and it was just this escalating mess of what was going on and that was being created when she was little and I thought she's seven I've got to figure this out because if I don't figure this out she's she's going to have a hard time her whole life and she's actually the one that said, mom, you have to help other parents <laughs> because she knew, you know, we all knew that this, this pattern of behavior was being created and we had to do a, an about face and do something else. And it's amazing what happens when we just like Benet Brown says, if there isn't any intervention, if we aren't intentional, if we don't shift our perspective at all, that's, that's how it ends up because we have shame. Every time we think of a justification for something we've done it's attack and blaming it on the other person even subtly it's not only an attack on them it's an attack on ourselves because it means that we're not growing from the situation we're not learning what our pardon pardon it was so there's no way for us to recreate it whereas if we start looking at listening to each other and figuring it out as we go along then we have this whole pattern of being able to communicate and resolve things that come up. Like right now I'm doing a, a series for parents, a social and emotional learning series for parents, because it's different than it would be for school, because you get to be one-on-one -on -one with your child a whole lot more, right? And um, And the next couple of them are going to be on how to manage stress. And the following one after that is, is how to problem solve how to problem solve with your children and how to help them problem solve. Because when we do that with our kids at home, it's so rewarding and so much fun to watch them do it with their friends. <laughs> you know, just like you're eavesdropping in the next room and they could be on the phone, they could be a whole group in your house and they're playing and they realize that there's some kind of problem. So they just say, okay, let's drop everything. This isn't going to work because, you know, this is good. From what I see, this is what's going on with you. Is that right? And they let the other kid talk. Okay, well, this is what's going on with me. And so between what's going on with you and what's going on with me, this isn't working. So so how do we how do we fix this? How do we work this out? <laughs> and when you watch your kids do that for the first time, you're I mean, it's just like the first time I saw my older daughter do that, it just made me teary. <laughs> you know, I was just like, this is and now she's a very successful software engineer who troubleshoots. And when there's a big problem, she's the one who calms down the team and makes it work and she can un unravel what's going on. And had we not had these just really difficult times when she was little that sent me on this journey, I never would have been able to teach her that. And I probably wouldn't even know it myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you make a great point. We learn through our challenges. Yes, and you talk absolutely. about this in your book, Brain Stages. Do you want to take a moment and share with our audience what the book is about and what that journey was like? 
Oh, I couldn't possibly. No, of course. <laughs> well, this is pretty beat up because I do a lot of master classes and stuff online. And so it has all these, you know, post-its and everything, but it's called Brain Stages, How to Raise Smart, Confident Kids and Have Fun Doing It by, well, Patricia Mil Wilkinson, me, but also Jacqueline Frischnecht, she, PhD. She and I were writing it together and she passed away before it was finished. So this is... This is also my legacy to her. It's a kindergarten through fifth grade, grade by grade guide through elementary school. So it's not like you have to read all these pages. It even has an index where you can look stuff up. <laughs> um, it's here's it. There's introduction chapters that say this is kind of how brains develop, function and learn. And here are some best practices that you can do to help kids have healthy brain function and brain development, right? And then each chapter is like, okay, this is kind of where your kid's brain development is in kindergarten. I mean, all kids are different, but this is kind of generally where it is when they're in kindergarten. They're between four and six years old, depending on where they go to school. And um, so this is where their brain development is. This is kind of where they are socially. These are some of the tendencies. These are some of the kind of cool things for them to learn when they're at this age. Here's what they're supposed to learn academically. And here are a whole bunch of fun games to play to make sure they get all those needs met. And it's like that kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. You know, okay, so fourth grade, they're they're talking about, oh, kids get old, older, earlier, and it's hormones. And it's not necessarily hormones, it's brain development. In fourth grade, for example, boys and girls brain development shifts and they're not growing at the same rate. The girl's pre prefrontal cortex is growing faster than boys in fourth grade. So all of a sudden when they've been good friends and doing things fine and whatever, the boys feel blindsided because the, you know, because the girls are different and the girls feel blindsided because the boys are different because their brains are literally in different places yeah. in development. You know, I mean, so so the book talks about and it's all in you know, where if you look up online what kids are supposed to learn in each grade, you kind of have to look up the jargon as well because it's all very technical. So so the book has everything that they're supposed to learn academically and in really friendly language that everybody can understand. And then the games, if you play some of the games in the book, you know, and you pick and choose because they're learning things in school, too. But any kind of gaps that they have, you can fill in those gaps so that they're not, because when kids miss what they're learning in school, a lot of times the schools are not filling in those gaps. So, and when they, and it's learning is a spiral kind of thing that happens. So what the book does is it in fun ways, make sure that kids don't have any gaps in their learning. Beautiful. That is very, very encouraging. And I know that people are going to go in get this book on Amazon. I am going to open this up for questions. We have live audience here. I want to have at least one or two questions in, in the oh, next. I would love that. I next. love questions. <laughs> yes. So I will open this up. Robin or Nandini, Dr. Nandini, any questions, any thoughts you have to share? Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, and hi, uh, Trish. Trish, yeah. Um, thank you so much. Um, this was, you know, I've been working and thinking a lot about um, emotional intelligence and um, effective communication. And, um, and, and a lot of the times, uh, 
you know, I've been I've been feeling like I wish, you know, we as physicians and healthcare workers had had learned this earlier in our lives. Um, and so it's been it's been great to go on through uh, Dr. Henry's podcast and stuff and and hear all these people working with children, because I'm hoping that when these people decide they want to become physicians and nurses and healthcare workers, they'll have a lot better ways of coping than this generation <laughs> with burnout and our emotions and, and communicating and creating a better, less toxic environment for um, patients and health healthcare personnel. So well, that, and that. I, I really feel that there is a movement for that now. Yes. Um, I just did a summit that's coming out um, in a couple of weeks. I just did a summit on. Um, oh, what did she call it? All of a sudden, all of a sudden I I blanked out. But it, but it's like self-care parenting, self-compassionate parenting. Yes. And. and but we need to have self, whether we're parents or not, we need to have self-compassion for ourselves, right? If our parents are, if our children are grown, we still need to have, I mean, it's that whole thing back to grace and communication and allowing people do-overs when they need them, allowing yeah. people to learn from their mistakes because we all make them. And, yeah. and when we're hard on other people for making mistakes, that just makes it harder on ourselves as well. Whereas if we can learn to create space for people when they make mistakes to forgive easily and forgiving does never, I feel like a lot of my clients, when I work with them, they feel like forgiveness means condoning what they did or making it okay. And all forgiveness means is just letting it go. So we do this kind of mindfulness thing where we we hold our fist and we're we're thinking, closing our eyes and breathing. And I literally physically have them slowly open their fist and picture whatever they're holding on to just floating away so that they get this kind of almost physical, visceral feeling of letting go whatever is is holding them back or letting go of whatever their challenges, resentments you know, gripes are, <laughs> whether it's with their kids or their coworkers or their partners, because in raising our kids, if we're holding on to stuff like that, it comes out on our communication, right? And it's, so I feel like there's a whole movement towards self-care right now, which is kind of what Equip Your Kids is about. It's a whole movement towards training children how to recognize what's going on with their emotions, how to create empathy, how to learn from their mistakes, how to understand what's going on so that they can so that they can deal with other people with kindness. And 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 kindness starts with ourselves. We have to be kind with ourselves or how how do we be kind with other people, right? Absolutely, because we can't, if our cup is empty, we can't give water to somebody else, right? Yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. Robin, thank you, Nandini, for that question. Awesome conversation and so great to see you, Nandini. How fun. Okay, so my quick question is, how do you get or what have been some of the obstacles in helping parents realize that they are part of the problem? In fact, sometimes they are most of the problem as opposed to because it's very easy to say the kids made me do it or you know bl blame the kids and how do you get parents to be able to see they are part of the problem 
without then moving into defensiveness and justification and all of that. I'm so glad you asked me that, Robin. <laughs> because speaking because, from experience. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. And the other, I mean, I and I find like that teachers will also blame kids and blame their parents. And we don't have any control over anybody but ourselves, right? So what I tell the parents is in order to shift your children's behavior, we're going to work on shifting some of your perspectives and give you some tools so that they'll, because right now there's a lot, there's a lot of this going on and you're not hearing each other or, or there's no communication at all. And you're all on your phones. Like I'm sure that everybody has seen people sitting at at a restaurant and everybody's on their phones at the same time, looking down, nobody's talking. Right. And you're, and you're just thinking, okay, Hmm, family time. <laughs> so, but not in a judgmental way, because we all do these things without even realizing we're doing it, without even being conscious. So, Robin, basically what I do is I is I say, we're going to talk about perspectives. And I ask them to talk to me and tell me what they think is going on. And then I say, what if we could look at it this way? What if we could, um, what if we could talk to your children in a different way and listen to your children in a different way and create a whole new atmosphere where you felt at peace. How would you feel about that? So what I do is I get them to picture what we can create ahead of time. So I don't, so like my husband used to say to the kids all the time when they would be, she did this and he did that and blah, 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 blah. And my husband would say, whoa, 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 let's fix the problem, not the blame. <laughs> And, and that's what I do with parents. I say, you know, it's not about blame. We're not putting the finger on, you know, any of this. What we're doing is we're giving you tools to empower you because you're the powerful person here. So we're going to empower you to recreate this whole dynamic in your family. You get to be the rock star. That's awesome. that, is, that is so beautifully said. And thank you, Robin, for the amazing question, as always. This has been a wonderful conversation and half an hour has flown by. Wow, and already. Fish, I didn't look at the time. <laughs> you, know, you and I are going to be doing a lot of work together with Equip Our Kids, our streaming service, and so many other things that are going to come down the pike. So take a quick minute and share with our audience how they can reach you and get a hold of you. And I will make sure we also post it as part of the release on YouTube. Um, basically, it's really easy. Just go to thebrainstages.com. It's all one. Oh, I didn't get to say goodbye to her. Goodbye. Um, go, go to thebrainstages.com. Um, and there's all kinds of free stuff on there. One of my favorite free things is in the header. There's a like a red um, field that says get this free problem solving thing. For a limited time, but I keep extending the date because people are really appreciating the problem solving, <laughs> you know, the pro family problem solving, because then it puts, gives the whole family a part in how they recreate their communication, recreate any kind of issues that come up in the family, whatever's disturbing the family piece, right? But there's, there's all kinds of free stuff on there. And then all, and above the fold, you can click on the, um, you can click on my 
scheduling link and my scheduling link you can you can book a free consultation with me and it, for 30 minutes we can do a lot of stuff whether we work together or not we can do a lot of stuff if you have an issue going on in your family please don't just suffer in silence please ask someone i didn't have people to ask we we tried um family therapy because you know i had these two kids with attention issues notice i did not say attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. They're not deficient, nor are they disordered. They're very successful adults now. Their brains just work differently. I actually specialize a lot with parents who have kids who have attention issues because they have a hard time fitting in and social, you get all the, all that stuff. But if we can, it's like anything else, shifting your perspective. So to get a hold of me, just click on the consultation, you get a free consultation, and we can usually get quite a bit done in, a, in 30 minutes and, and really make some very valuable shifts in your family in a very short time. So don't suffer in silence, but there's just go to the website, thebrainstages.com. Tons of free stuff on there, tons of support. Thank you so much, Trish. It's been such a valuable 30 minutes to have this conversation. And I know our audience have gotten a lot out of this. And as we bring this to a close, I just want to reiterate Trisha's message. Find a way, get the help to change your perspective. And in that process, you are going to be able to live a life that embodies kindness and compassion and grace, first for yourself and those around you. And in this process, you are going to be able to get life just right. Get your relationships just right and be able to raise kids who are going to be perfectly right for the world we are living in. 